President Bush has nominated a new Attorney General. Should we be concerned that liberals in Congress support him? And we'll discuss the plight of Christians living in Islamic countries with Brother Andrew, God's smuggler. Plus, what does it mean to believe God has a plan for our lives? Can we subvert that plan? We'll ask Dr. Ravi Zacharias. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. I call my plan the American Health Choices Plan. That's Senator Hillary Clinton. She's running for President of the United States. She calls her universal health care plan the Choices Plan. One of the choices you won't have is not having insurance. How do you feel about government required health insurance for everyone. The number is 800-881-9270. We're going to take your calls in this first segment. This health insurance program will cost $110 billion just to start up. $110 billion. The number is 800-881-9270. It will require massive tax increases. It will bring us U.K. health insurance, Canadian-style health insurance, socialistic-style health insurance. The number is 800-881-9270. We're going to talk about Hillary Care in just a moment. But today, President Bush picked his new attorney general. I'm pleased to announce my nomination of Judge Michael Mukasey to be the 81st attorney general of the United States. Michael Mukasey and... Here's the Democrat Senator Chuck Schumer commenting on that nominee. Judge Mukasey is not a crony of the president. He is not a White House insider. That's a good sign. Not a crony, not an insider. What a double standard, Penner. You know, because, uh, for instance, John F. Kennedy (laughs) nominated his own brother, Bobby, who wasn't yet 40 years old, no experience hardly at all. And Janet Reno, certainly a political crony of the Clintons. I think that's a, a double standard coming from the Democrats. What a difference an election makes. President Bush knew that if he didn't want to fight, he had to nominate somebody that was palatable to both sides. It seems like uh, this person is uh, palatable to Chuck Schumer and some of the leaders in the Democrat Party. And uh, also, though, we've had some conservatives saying some good things about him. So uh, we will probably see a swift confirmation process. Well, today, Brother Andrew, famous for smuggling Bibles into the Soviet Union and also Eastern Bloc countries, 
Now he's sharing Christ with Islamic terrorists. His organization, Open Doors, concerns itself with persecuted believers around the world. Today we're going to talk with Brother Andrew about the plight of Christians within Islamic countries, and we're going to ask him how we should deal with the Muslims living among us. Uh, His message may surprise us. Also later in the program, Dr. Ravi Zacharias will join us, and uh, he's going to talk about how bad things that happen to us can actually be good. Of course, that's a biblical concept. Sometimes hard for us to understand or hard to swallow. We're going to ask him, what's the role of our calling, our own will, and our own actions in our destiny? Some very heavy questions for Ravi Zacharias. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Ravi, one of the great Christian apologists out there today. If you're interested in creation, evolution, intelligent design, atheism, agnosticism, Dr. Ravi Zacharias on at the half hour to talk about how Christianity makes sense. It fits the facts, and it works in life and inexperience. But again, right now, here's Hillary Clinton on the big announcement of the day. I call my plan the American Health Choices Plan. All right, that's Orwellian language. Choices. Choices means you have choices, but actually this plan is going to mandate some things. And let's just listen now to Senator Clinton talk about what the government is going to make us do. Much like drivers in most states are required to purchase car insurance, all Americans will have a responsibility to get and keep health insurance in a system where insurance will now be affordable. Okay, so it's choices, choices, but much like a driver has to get car insurance, you are going to be required, no choice there, you're going to be required to get health insurance. Now, I think there's something different about driving a car and existing, (laughs) essentially, for existing, (laughs) you must get health insurance. Insurance. What do you think about that, folks? The number is 800-881-9270. We've got Telford on the line. No, off the line now. You give us a call, 800-881-9270. Do you think we should be required by government to get health insurance, just like a driver is required to have car insurance? What do you think about the cost of $110 billion, billion dollars, just to start it up. And my experience with the government is when they say it's going to take $110 billion two or three years out, well, we're talking about two or $300 billion, at, uh, least. at least, and then to maintain it, what will that cost? Dr. Johnson, one of the things that she's talked about is that if you can't afford this insurance, you're going to get some help from the government. And the way she said she's going to pay for it is by repealing the Bush tax cuts. So really what this is is those who are doing well in this country, their money, their wealth will be redistributed Distributed to those who can't afford this insurance. It really removes choice. She says it's a choice plan, but there's really no choice here. All right. Is that fair or is that socialism? The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. We give you a chance to weigh in on this. Here's Hillary Clinton again. She says, oh, no individual will be forced to change health plans or providers. If you have private insurance you like, nothing changes you can keep that insurance. If you like the doctor you have, you can keep seeing that doctor. If you like the hospital where you receive care, you can keep receiving care at that hospital. How generous for Senator Clinton to allow us to stay with our doctor and our hospital. 
uh, how generous she is. But actually, she says nothing changes. She's wrong about that. Taxes are going up. She said, if you like your doctor, nothing changes. If you like your hospital, nothing changes. If you like your provider, nothing changes. The only thing that's going to change for a lot of people is their taxes are going to go up. How do you feel about this? 800-881-9270. We've got Donna on the line from Mesquite. Donna, are you going to vote for Hillary Clinton because of this universal health care plan? No. <laughs> You're not. What do you think of it? I think it's another manipulative way of keeping money going toward the government, and it's never really benefiting mm. the people that are are hardworking, trying to make a living. They have mm. to get to tell me how the means uh, to make money is to have unemployment. And, mm. and then when, uh, when you can't even get unemployment but up to six months, then how are you going to... Uh, have uh, substantial funds when you're out of a job to pay for hospital insurance. You know, the other part of this plan is that businesses are required to provide health insurance or they have to pay some sort of a penalty. So, you know, we've heard this sort of top-down condescending language from Hillary Clinton. She's also going to place these requirements on business. And what does that do? That normally affects the economy, the job situation, as our, our caller just mentioned. And so, in a sense, she's talking about changing the economy to a government government-run, government-controlled, high-tax system. All right, we've got Paul on the line from Frisco. What do you think of Hillary Care, Paul? Well, I'd have to learn a lot more about it to have a, a, a strong opinion. I've just heard from you guys today. I guess I see just a tiny little silver lining, because yeah. at least it sounds to me like one of the realities that she's at least putting forth is everybody's going to have to cough into it one way or another. If, if you make something required, there seems to be an implication that even people on government assistance, you know, they'll have to trade off something. I'm hoping that's what she's really implying by that. That said, in general, I can't imagine any national health care plan that is really going to benefit this, us in the long run. But I, I at least hope that she's making a commitment that it's not going to be a complete free lunch for everybody. Thank you so much for calling, Paul. We'll see. But at least uh, it's an issue out there for the campaign. You know, so there's so many platitudes in these debates, and they're not really uh, putting forth uh, programs, positions. Uh, but we have now an actual program mm -hmm. that's out there, and, and let the debate begin. And it is beginning today. We've got Herbert on the line from Wichita Falls. Thank you for calling, Herbert. What do you think of Hillary Care? Well, uh, I kind of like the idea of social me socialized medicine because I've seen it work in Germany. But the thing of it is, what happens in the future, uh, and to us veterans who are disabled and can't work, and we just get a disability, and uh, what I understand is going to cost each individual $1,000 a month. Mm. And it's going to be, that'll be $12,000 a year, and that takes up half or more than most of the disabled vets get. Well, thank you, Herbert. You know, I think there's uh, actually a problem in your question. I don't know the answer to your question, but when you ask about the problems or the challenges of military retirees, 
it indicates to me that the government doesn't have their act together now when it comes to the military, now when it comes to uh, Medicare, Medicaid, the prescription drug benefit. What we're hearing now is we have a broken system, and she's basically saying, let the group that broke what we have now uh, do it for everybody. You know, <laughs> I don't want what they've done for prescription drug benefit and Medicare and Medicaid and, and um uh, VA. I don't want that for everybody in America because they have not done a good job, in my view. We've got Ricky on the line from Rockwall. Ricky, thank you for calling and holding. Are you going to vote for Hillary Clinton as a result of this promise of universal health care? Well, no, Jerry. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate you guys' show. I think this is a step towards socialism. What in the world are we thinking? I've worked hard to get where I am and gone to school, played by the rules, pay my taxes, I'm a law-abiding citizen, God-fearing citizen, and I'm sorry, this is a step short socialism and, and government bureaucracy. This is goofy. You know, I think Hillary learned a few things the last time because, first of all, she presented a plan that had so many little pieces and parts that no one could understand it, and it scared everyone to death. She also presented a plan where those who uh, were sick were basically left out of the system, and insurance companies were left out. It was more of a government plan. Now she's incorporating some free market principles into it. She's attracting some conservatives to this, but even Mitt Romney said a lot of this should be run by the state and not the federal government. His state of Massachusetts actually passed something that worried many conservatives. Hillary sounds like she wants to move this to everybody in the United States, and it will be at a great cost. There's no two ways, no doubt about it. Okay, here's Hillary Clinton again saying her plan offers a choice. If, however, you don't have health insurance or you don't like the insurance you have, you can choose from the same wide variety of private plans that members of Congress choose from. Hmm. Okay, she says if it's called the Choices Program, but if you don't have health insurance, you can choose one of these others, meaning you don't have an option. It sounds like you, Christmas. You are coerced into choosing. You are forced into choosing. So again, kind of humorous that this would be called the choices plan. You must choose. Well, we've got Helen on the line from Kaufman. Helen, thank you for calling. What's your view? Uh, that's Carolyn from Kaufman. Oh, Carolyn from Kaufman. Uh, I don't care what the uh, how she packages it. I'm afraid that um, it's still um, similar to the HMO system. Anytime you have a third party subsidizing the medical providers, there's always the incentive to not treat patients uh, as you would in a private, um, with a private insurance company. So calling it a, uh, a private uh, insurance program is just false. Thanks so much, Helen. We're out of time. You know, uh, any big bureaucracy uh, really hurts the quality of health care. We've seen that already. We've been moving towards more and more bureaucracy, and government bureaucracy isn't going to improve it. Brother Andrew, the Bible smuggler, comparing the difficulty of smuggling Bibles into communist countries now with Islamic countries when we come back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. 
Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Okay, today Hillary Clinton running for president of the United States unveils her Choices program, Required Health Insurance for every American. Benji, you've been holding over the break. Thank you for calling in. What's your view on this? Well, I think that uh, Hillary's a socialist from way back, even in her college days. Uh, and seems like everything she or the Democrats come up with are, are things that force us to pay uh, for their votes by funding entitlement programs that make people dependent on the government, i.e. the Democrats. And, you know, it just kind of frustrates me that my money goes to paying for, you know, health care. I understand health care. Everyone needs health care. But, you know, all it basically, all they're basically wanting to do is try to get people to, to fund uh, entitlement programs so they can buy votes. Well, that is uh, the method of operation of that party, and that is to give out more and more goodies and to get more and more votes. Job security. You know, what's concerning here is, uh, of course, over the weekend, Newt Gingrich said that Hillary, it's an 80% chance that she'll be elected president. And what we're also seeing is the possibility, the probability that Congress will stay in Democrat hands. So we won't even have a battle, a fight over this health care plan unless uh, people get out there and elect people who are going to stand more for free market principles. This plan is not a free market plan. She may try to present it that way, but it's not. All right, here's Hillary Clinton again on her proposal. Everyone with a stake in our health care system will have to step forward and do their part. All right, everyone will have to do their part, and that means there will be an increase, an increase in taxes. Here's Hillary Clinton again, and she talks about the tax cuts, which will be eliminated, and that means there will be a tax increase to pay for this system. I will pay for some of it by rolling back part of President Bush's fiscally irresponsible tax breaks for the highest income Americans. Okay, her campaign staff applauding there, and what's going on here is this. She said partially pay for it with these tax cuts. Where's she going to pay for the rest of it? Tax increases, Mm -hmm. new taxes, new kinds of taxes. Is this what we want? in the United States. And is this the kind of health care we want? A lot of people are saying, oh, we need this British system. We need the U.K. system. Uh, Penna, you've done a little research. Um, where are people the healthiest? In, in our world, in our system, in the United States? Or is there some other uh, plan out there that would be a lot better? Well, I started talking about this a little bit on Friday, but sometimes you have to get everything in with a shoehorn on this program. There's so much to talk about. But the Wall Street Journal last Friday came out with a piece called Cancer Killers. It was an opinion piece saying, despite the large number of uninsured cancer patients in the U.S., uh, uninsured in the U.S., we have 47 million uninsured in the U.S., but cancer patients in our country 
country are the most likely to be screened regularly. They have the fastest access to treatment, and once they are diagnosed with cancer, they can get the drugs before they're available in most other countries. And it goes on to give some amazing statistics. For instance, breast cancer. U.S. women have a 63% chance of living at least five years after diagnosis, and uh, 53% for women in uh, other countries surveyed in 23 other countries, so 10% more chance of survival. For lung cancer, a much greater survival rate for uh, lung, ca- uh, lung cancer patients than in other countries. Women in the U.S. are more likely to get a pap test every two years than in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the U.K. That's all uh, national health care in all of those countries. In the U.S., 85% of women ages 25 to 64 get regular pap smears. The figure is 58% in the U.S. Same thing with mammograms. Lots more women get mammograms in this country than in other countries. And it goes on and on. The statistics uh, really reveal the fact also that waiting periods for treatment in the United States, usually you almost get your treatment immediately if you're diagnosed with cancer in this country. It talks about people in the U.K. that are waiting four months to begin their cancer treatments. Uh, It's not unusual. One woman even sued Parliament because of it, but she represents the norm in that country. Well, is this what we're going to have? with Hillary Care. We've got Amy on the line from Hillsborough. Amy, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Well, I just had one quick thing to say about Hillary Clinton's latest brainstorm. It reminds me of that old saying about how it's better to remain silent and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Hmm. Well, this was her downfall in her husband's presidency. She we, you know, we got we heard we were going to get two for one in the Clinton presidency, and uh, she gaffed early on with this and never really came back right. with any serious uh, policy role. Well, who will she be running against? Perhaps it'll be Mitt Romney. He spoke out today against this plan. Here's Mitt Romney. It's government in Washington as opposed to states. It's government plans as opposed to private plans. It's raising taxes as opposed to holding taxes level. And that's not the right course for solving our health care problems. So Romney's saying if you believe in big government, if you believe in more taxes, you know, you're going to make this, uh, you're going to try this approach. But if you don't want more taxes, you don't want more big bureaucratic government, uh, you know, we shouldn't support this. You know, uh, she talked about cutting back or actually repealing Bush tax cuts for the richest Americans. But there's so much evidence that the Bush tax cuts have fueled the great economy that we have. And, you know, I mean, it's very well and good to say the rich Americans can pay for health care for the poor Americans. But the rich Americans, large companies, people with money are the ones that uh, employ the rest of us. And so when you begin to repeal the, uh, the help to them that they are getting, to fuel the economy, then you basically put some clamps on the growing economy, and that you know that's not something that we want in the next election. Okay, in segment four, we're going to try to wrap this up and really talk about a Christian view of health care. Who should be paying for health care? Stay tuned for that later in the program. I remember years ago reading the book God's Smuggler. This was a book about Brother Andrew smuggling Bibles into Eastern Bloc countries and into the Soviet Union. And um, he was a hero Mm -hmm. for going in behind the Iron Curtain with the Bible, the Word of God. And he's just written a new book, Secret Believers, What Happens 
when Muslims believe in Christ. Welcome to the program, Brother Andrew. Thank you, Jerry. That was a warm welcome, recalling my my past. <laughs> well, I have a question for you, and that's this. How is breaking through Islamic cultures, uh, Islamic persecution, how is breaking into that culture different than breaking through uh, the communist barriers to share the Word of God? Jerry, unfortunately, it is very different. Now in Open Doors, we talk uh, about communism and say the good old days of communism. Wow. And you knew where the enemy was, and they knew what they believed and not believed. They, they were located, uh, they had a message, and we could approach them in the stupidity saying there is no God. We had a terrific answer. Uh, but now it is different, because there, if they disagreed with the system, they get behind bars in the Gulag archipelago. Now, if you differ in opinion or religion, you get killed, which is the story of our book, really. That's why so many people, many, many, are forced to live underground in hiding. That's why we call them secret believers. But we get in touch with them. Uh, actually, many have become believers because of our ministry. And that's why we feel a tremendous responsibility which we have to share with the rest of the body of Christ, hence this book. Brother Andrew, um, a lot of Americans really don't know what's going on. Is it still legal to execute converts in other countries, and is it happening today? It is happening today. Uh, I don't know whether it's legal or, or not legal because that is not the issue. The, it's happening. That's the issue. The, the, their law has a higher law, and, and that that differs from uh, country to country where there's very strong uh, Islamic teaching like the Sharia law. There, Even the father has to kill his own daughter if she becomes a Christian. It's the sake of honor. Uh, they have insulted the entire body of Islam, the Ummah, and uh, it, it happens, and we uh, know of those people to whom it happened. We give them shelter. We try to pull them out of a very dangerous situation, which then also makes it dangerous for us in our work. I'm on the hit list, and I'm on the blacklist, but, but we, we go on because they are in mortal danger. Brother Andrew is our guest. His book is Secret Believers. And Brother Andrew, I know that you've met with terrorist leaders, Hamas, Hezbollah, others. You talk in your book, which I read last night, and it's great, but you talk about forgiving Muslims. So how do we balance staying secure with a terrorist threat, people that want to kill Christians and others, and this forgiveness and this attitude uh, toward Muslims wanting to bring them to Christ? Well, it, it, our life begins with, with forgiveness. God offered us forgiveness and enabled us then to make a spiritual decision to, to come to Christ and, and decide to follow him. Now, Muslims, if you never pray for them, if you don't love them into the kingdom, will continue to be more radical and, and more dangerous, therefore. And the only solution, actually the only way to win the fight against terrorism is by leading them to Christ. To do so, you have to go there. And if you go there, you cannot come as an enemy because then they will kill you. So you have to come as a friend. And, and, and we spell Islam as I sincerely love all Muslims. Mm. And uh, they, they, they know that we, we love them as people, people for whom... Jesus died, people whom God loves, and what God loves, I am not supposed to hate uh, or, or even ignore or neglect. The Great Commission, I speak as a missionary, not a politician, not a Dutchman, not an American, as a missionary. The Great Commission is 
spoken to us as a church to reach out not to friends, but into enemy territory and win all nations for Christ. That is what we're doing. And, and whatever their rules, they were cruel in the past, in, <clears throat> sorry, in the last 20 centuries. There have been more dangerous areas than... Brother Andrew, today. we're up on a hard break, and I hate it. I hope we can have you back. Yeah. But you've uh, written the book, Secret Believers, What Happens When Muslims Believe in Christ. Thank you so much for being with us. And folks, when we come back, does Christianity make sense? Does it fit the facts? Does it work in life and experience? We're going to talk to one of the leading apologists in America, Dr. Ravi Zacharias. Do not miss the next 15 minutes. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Does Christianity make sense? Does it pass the logical test? Does Christianity fit the facts? Does it pass the empirical test? Does Christianity work in life and experience? Does it pass the existential test? I don't know a better person to talk to about all of this than Dr. Ravi Zacharias. He's just written a book called The Grand Weaver, How God Shapes Us Through the Events of of our lives. You can hear Dr. Ravi Zacharias right here on KCBI every Sunday night at 5.30, Let My People Think, my son's favorite program on KCBI, really? behind Jerry Johnson Live. Yeah. It's his favorite program. <laughs> Ravi Zacharias is with us on the line. Dr. Zacharias, thank you for being with us. Very happy to be with you. Thank you so much. Dr. Zacharias, this book, The Grand Weaver, you know, when I hear people talking uh, about doubts about God and struggle, sometimes they're not uh, about the logical challenge or the empirical challenge. They're about a 9-11, a Virginia Tech, a divorce, the loss of a job, or cancer, and they're just struggling. Talk to us about the, the solutions and the answers in your book. Well, I appreciate that question, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, even as uh, I'm speaking to you, I'm just a few days away from speaking at Virginia Tech in a mm. couple of open forums. Wonderful. Yes, uh, our worldview is challenged constantly. Someone has said, virtue in distress and vice in triumph makes atheists of mankind. Uh, I have addressed this issue at a philosophical level. I've addressed it even at a, at a logical and an argumentational level. But in this particular book, I'm taking more the experiential and the pragmatic uh, approach. How does God weave the threads of our lives together? And I took several chapters, your DNA matters, your will matters, your morality matters, your spirituality matters, your disappointments matter, your destiny matters, your worship matters. God holds the threads. And when you pull these together, oftentimes we look at the wrong side of it. But I'm absolutely convinced that if we study how he's operated in history and many times in our own lives, we'll see that uh, there's a pattern to it all and every thread ultimately converges into a splendid tapestry. And when we stand before him, we will say, but for your grace, we would never have made it. Dr. Zacharias, how can you see this in your own life, looking back over the events of your life? How do you see God's hand? Well, one of the stories I tell in this book is uh, a very important uh, moment in my life. In my teenage years, those who read my book, Walking from East to West, will know that I came to know Christ on a bed of suicide and uh, 
life had fallen apart for me. I was just 17, living in Delhi, growing up there as a young Indian lad in, in the land of India. Failure after failure after failure. It was all just caving in around me. One of my friends at college there had attempted to take his own life, succeeded. I was following along. And uh, yet in that bed of suicide, somebody brought me a Bible. I found Christ, a remarkable transformation. Let me tell you this little incident. I, India was at war with a neighboring country when I was about 18 years old, and um, I applied to join the Air Force. I thought, you know, here's a chance. I will just in defense of the country, and mm. so it went. I went about a couple hundred, 250 miles to be tested out. There were 300 applicants there for 10 positions. And at the, on the last day, they put the names on the screen and uh, on, the, on the list there, and I was number three. I phoned home and said, Mom and Dad, I've made it. Number three, after all of the endurance tests and the aptitude tests and uh, the written tests and so on, all left was a psychological test. As I was sitting across the table from the commanding officer there doing the testing, he stunned me halfway through my interview. And he said, son, I'm going to give you bad news and I'm going to fail you. I thought, is this man joking? I said, you're going to fail me? He said, yes. I said, may I ask why? He said, because this job is about killing and you're psychologically not wired to kill. Mm. You know, I humorously often quip, <laughs> almost tempted to prove the person wrong right then and there because <laughs> this was just another failure in my path. But, you know, if I had been accepted in that position mm-hmm. right then, I would have committed 20 years of my life to the Indian Air Force and uh, all that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. The following year, my father was given the opportunity to move the family to Canada. When I got there in business, two years later, the Lord led me into theological training prepared my work in apologetics and philosophy in the defense of the Christian faith. Now, here it is, decades later, I look back. That's where I met my wife, that's where my family was raised, and that's where I was called to ministry. What a dark moment it was when I once more heard, I'm going to fail you. And yet, in that failure, God had a parenthetical moment to prepare me for what he had in greater store for me. The rest in my life is just the story of God's grace. Sometimes, and if the listener is thinking, you're going through that dark night, you're wondering what this thread actually means. May I suggest to you, it's part of a tapestry God is weaving. Trust him. Wait on him. He will renew your strength and mount you up on the wings of eagles. That's good. Well, the church is richer for the failure that took place in your life so many years ago. But uh, Dr. Zacharias, Ravi Zacharias, uh, author of this new book, The Grand Weaver. And Dr. Zacharias, so there's so many trends and current sort of uh, issues that we could bring to bear on this. One of them is this whole idea of people in sort of a self-help mode. Mm-hmm. How much uh, influence do we have on, we as Christians, on the way our life turns out. I mean, I think many believers think they have more influence than God does. Do they? Very, very good question, and I think a very important qualifier to what may be um, deducted falsely here. You know, somebody, a corporal once came to Winston Churchill and said, I want you to know I'm a self-made man. And Churchill said to him, I want you to know you have just relieved God of a solemn responsibility. (laughs) Uh, No, we have, uh, the illustration I give in the book is a father and son team weaving a sari. The father sitting on a platform holding the threads, the son responding to the nod 
of the father moving the shuttle from right to left, left to right. That's not very difficult to do when you think about it. But at the end of it, the design is in the father's hands. God has invested in us intrinsic worth and reflective glory and dignity. But the pattern is in his mind. I had nothing to do with my birth. I had nothing to do with my DNA. I had nothing to do with my parentage. I didn't even have anything to do with my gifts to which he has called me. And he can take them away at any moment. When you begin to pray, Heavenly Father, in those two words alone you capture the most important qualifier, that God is sovereign over your life. And while we may see these smaller moves along the way, they are important, but they are not what really controls much of what God has already invested in us. It is a submission to his will and an admission of his purpose. And doing that doesn't take much, for even that is the grace of God that is given to us to say yes to him and then see him unfold. Let me give you another little illustration. When I was in Thailand writing this book, I flew to the city of Chiang Mai to watch a home of silk weaving. I was astounded by an article I read. All of those weaving in there were autistic or Down syndrome individuals. Wow. And yet they were weaving these beautiful patterns. And the mother of one of them told me, the first silk weaving that my son sold, and he's a man in his 30s, he walked over to his mother and gave her the money and said, this belongs to you. Without you, I would never have mm. made it. That's if a young man with all that debilitation is able to recognize that it was the love and the protection of his mom that brought him that far, how much more must we with intelligence recognize it's all his gift? Mm. Ravi Zacharias has written the book, The Grand Weaver, How God Shapes Us the events of our lives. Dr. Zacharias with uh, Hitchens' book, God is Not Great, Dawkins, The God Delusion, Sam Harris, The End of Faith. I think a lot of Christians who do a little bit of thinking are getting a little bit intimidated about the, the rise of, a, of an atheistic movement. Um, could you just encourage those who are, are doubting right now, in two or three minutes, of how Christianity makes sense, how it fits the facts, how it works in experience? I have... Um responded to Harris's book and called it The End of uh, Reason. Uh, it'll be released early part of next year, but Wonderful. let me encourage the listener. A worldview consists of four questions, origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. You can search in vain through Dawkins, Hitchens, Harris, Dennett, all of these big boys of the new what I call <laughs> hate theism. You will not find one single clue to an ultimate purpose in life. Mm. They live more by faith. One day we will have this, says Harris, you know. On the Thursday issue of New York Times, Stanley Fish and Richard John Newhouse have responded to the faith in the books of these writers. When you put the questions and find corresponding answers and put all of the answers together for to cohere, cohere it is only the Judeo-Christian worldview that holds together. Think of this. Under Hitchens and Dawkins and Harris's worldview, this nation could never have been conceived. Mm. For the lines that tell us we are created equal, endowed by our Creator with unalienable rights to life, liberty, and happiness, naturalism would never have framed those words, nor would any other worldview except the Judeo-Christian worldview. So I say that these boys of tolerance, that they were talking about tolerance in the 80s and 90s, have shown themselves of who they really are. 
blatantly intolerant of any worldview that challenges theirs. All right, for more of this, folks, tune in at 5.30 on Sunday nights. Let my people think. Dr. Ravi Zacharias, thank you for being with us, and thank you for for your ministry and apologetics. Thank you so much for all you do. Just an honor to be with you. God bless you all. All right, folks, when we come back, another opportunity if you want to weigh in on Hillary Care. And uh, we're going to talk about who should take care of health care. Should it be the family, the individual, the church, the society, the nanny state? This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I call my plan the American Health Choices Plan. All right, we're back on Senator Hillary Clinton. She's running for president, and she's promising universal health care. What do you think? You can still call in 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Boy, the lines were jammed earlier in the show. Here's uh, one caller sent in an email that said, This is about more than health care. This is about my tax dollars funding abortion. This is a way around your and my refusal to fund this horrific practice. It's David from Garland. Thank you for that email, David. I think that's a very interesting insight because Hillary and many on the left believe that there's a right to taxpayer-funded abortion. In fact, Rudy Giuliani believes that. He's made that very clear. So if you're going to have this kind of government health care, you're going to have government-funded abortions up and down uh, the line. They also call uh, abortion health care, which to me is an oxymoron to say killing is health care. But it is, and it was in her original plan. Her original plan in 1993 funded abortion, and this was one of the ways that uh, conservatives and uh, believers, pro-lifers, were able to get it defeated. All right, we've got Bob on the line from Terrell. Bob, thank you for calling. Bob, what do you think of Hillary Care? Are you going to vote for her? Uh-huh. You know better than that. No, I will not be <laughs> voting for Hillary. Also, it is going to be funding uh, stem cell research, and uh, it's a form of communism, and uh, that's it's you vote for it, it's uh, going to be opening the door to communism, and the next thing we're going to be doing is they're going to tell us if uh, we use uh, more than three uh, pads of, uh, three little pads of toilet paper, we're going to be uh, 
paying a fine. Environmentalism. Ah, <laughs> right, Bob, thank you. You know, I think it is interesting because there is an old difference between socialism and communism. Socialism is the more soft version, a voluntary version. Communism is a forced version, forcing it on countries and forcing it on others. And um, this is a forced program. It's a forced regime. And so, uh, again, uh, I think it's kind of sneaky to call it the choices plan because one of the first things we hear out of the box is everyone will be required, will be required. And um, that means there is no choice. So everyone is saying, look, if the Canadians can do it, if the Brits can do it, why can't we do it? Uh, we've got Roger on the line from Plano. Roger, thank you for calling. What's your view on Hillary Care? Well, it's just it's it's another one of those things that I we are going to default to, and this is what disturbs me if we don't really get serious about vo- voting for candidates that oppose these things. And um, I'm I'm concerned that we decided I'm going to take every opportunity I can to voice this opinion. We have defaulted in the past by saying, well, I'm just not going to vote. We've heard some people who will say if it's a choice between Hillary and Giuliani, I'm not going to vote. And um, I'm distressed by that. I think we have to vote, and I think we have to vote our, our voice or we'll end up defaulting just like we did in the last election to people that we'd rather not be in charge. Hey, thanks, Roger, for that call. Well, we talked about uh, the question, who should provide health care? And this show is about the Christian worldview. And I want to talk about that for just a minute. The first thing I want to say as one of the fundamental points of the Christian worldview is you go back, what's wrong with this world? We heard Ravi Zacharias talk about the three questions, origin, meaning, and destiny. Where did we come from? What's life about here and now? And where are we heading? And he talked about how the atheists really don't have an answer mm-hmm. for any of those answer, those questions. Where did we come from? What is the meaning of life now? What is the end? What is the purpose? What is the, uh, was, what's the future? But what you're going to find in the Christian worldview is this, that uh, after Genesis 3, Adam and Eve sin, there's a curse, there's, there's a fall, and we are uh, going to get sick and we are going to die. Our body is going to die. Uh, a recent novel uh, I was hearing about, there's this question, it's a real pivotal point in the book, and someone's try, doing something risky, and they say, oh, well, you could die doing that. And then the person said, well, I am going to die. The question is, what am I going to be doing when I die? Now, I think that is the, that's the point first that we have to make, and that is this. You are going to die. Your body is going to fail. And um, I think we, have, we ignore that, and we... Um, think that we're not going to die. We are going to die. And that's the bottom line in the healthcare debate is you are going to get sick and you are going to die someday. But but uh, Christians were the first really to build hospitals and to um, do medical care as we as we know it today. Uh, you don't hear of any atheist hospitals out there or not many. They're <laughs> named for saints so-and-so or they're Baptist or they're Methodist or the Presbyterian. So there's a great heritage of Christians involved in health care. So we want to affirm health care. There's no doubt about that. But who's responsible? I thought it was interesting that Ravi talked about the, the Declaration of Independence, God creating all men equal, giving them the right, the right to life, 
the right to liberty. That's freedom and the pursuit of happiness. Not happiness, but the pursuit of happiness. So liberty or freedom, I think, is very important. The slogan up in New Hampshire, give me uh, liberty or give me death, live free or die, is their state slogan. And that is, what, what price do we put on freedom in America? Because I believe the individual is responsible for their own health care first. That's the American way. The individual is responsible. Second, the family would be responsible. Third, the church would be responsible. Fourth, the the city, then the county, then the state, then the country, then uh, international government. But, you know, Hillary is fast-forwarding to to the federal government. And when you—we're already doing retirement— and when you add health care, you're basically saying government, big government, is going to take care of the big problems in your life. And that is retirement, and that is your health care. And I think that is a major mistake. We want the safety nets. They're out there today. They talk about 40 million uninsured. That's really not accurate. But the fact is you can go right now to any urgent care facility in America, whether you have a job or not or have any money or not, you can go. You can get emergency care. But these elective services, um, you, you can't get those. But we have emergency care now for everyone. It's better than it's ever been in America. And with these CHIPS programs, we've got all this health care for children. We don't need another layer. And this mega layer, $110 billion for health care. Somebody has to pay for that. Here's David Cook on this kind of health care. Well, I can tell you, you can have a British health care system if you're willing to pay the level of taxation that it costs. You can have a British health care system if you take away choice from the individuals and you have to go to set doctors in set times. You can have a British health care system if you're willing to accept the delays. Well, we'll keep following this story. Uh, more to come. Now, I would encourage you tomorrow night to tune in. Because we're going to make an offer at the top of the hour. Our first Jerry Johnson Live CD. You can get an exclusive interview with Newt Gingrich, Alan Dershowitz, Richard Land, David Barton debating the God and country issue. You tune in tomorrow night. It's going to be the beginning of our share fundraiser at KCBI. But we're going to talk about how you can get this First released CD from Jerry Johnson Live. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.